It's time for Red Zone Talk, presented by Olympia Orthopedic Associates on 95.3 KGY. A weekly look at high school football in the area with your hosts, Noel Wall and Olympian prep contributor, Dave Weber. And welcome and good morning. I'm Noel, along with uh, Dave Weber, and this is your weekly high school football roundup show. We're going to talk about all the games and the teams in our area. We're quite a ways in. We do have a couple of teams that are looking for their first win, but we also have a couple of undefeated teams, and they play each other tonight. Much more on that a little bit later. That's going to be exciting. This is Season 5, Episode 8. The show will be available for podcast on the Red Zone Talk page of the KGY website. You'll also find a place to enter your student to win free driver's education from our friends at 911 Driving School. Later on, Dave, you talked with uh, Black Hills quarterback Ethan Loveless. He sounds excited for tonight's game. Well, he definitely is, and both those teams are. I was out at uh, Tumwater's practice as well this week and heard a fiery pep talk from Bill Beatty to the troops, and, right. it, was, and it was only Tuesday. So. <laughs> we will look forward to hearing more about that later. Let's begin, uh, as we have with the uh, 2B Southwest Mountain, uh, the Rainiers, the Mountaineers. Uh, we're off to a wonderful start. They fell again, though, undefeated Adna, uh, kind of lopsided uh, 49-7 score there. Well, I'll show you how tough that league is, though. They lost 49-6, to and they're still in the top 10 in the state. They're still ranked eighth, are the Mountaineers. Um, Adna was the top-ranked team, and uh, you're right, for the third straight year, Rainier started out 5-0, and but they stumbled as the thick of the Mountain Division season began because that's a really tough uh, division of the Pacific League. Four of the six teams still ranked despite uh, – some blockbuster losses to Adna. Uh, Michael Green scored the only touchdown for Rainier in that game. And uh, ironically, or not ironically, but the Mountaineers actually ran more offensive plays than Adna, 44-28, to but the Pirates just had some big game offense going. Outgained them 487 to 131 yards, and five of Adna's touchdowns were from 45 or more yards away. You allow those big plays. It's, it's impossible to think you're going to win the game after a bunch of that. Yeah, you get some good blockers and some running backs going downhill, and uh, if the superior team is really that much more superior, it's really hard for the uh, smaller defenders to tackle them. And they're going to host a team with a similar record, 5-2 and two, Morton White Pass. That is a district that must put just an amazing amount of miles on their school buses. Yeah, they really must. I'm not really sure which uh, school they actually play at. That's two high schools, Morton and White Pass, and they uh, merge for sports, so I don't know exactly which town they play in, but... Um, they are one of only the two teams not ranked in the poll in the Mountain Division. The other one being Life Christian, and they've both beaten Life Christian. Uh, the good news for the Mountaineers is the Timberwolves only beat them 22-21, whereas Rainier was able to thrash Life Christian 53-12. to So I would think that that might give um, Rainier an edge in this game, but then last year they only beat them by one point. They beat Martin Wide Pass by one. So who knows what's going to happen, but uh, I'm sure that Rainier is glad to be out of Adna. Yeah, I'm sure they are, exactly. Moving to the uh, 1A Evergreen League tonight, one of our schools that is uh, still trying to uh, get a win. Uh, they met a buzzsaw at Elma and lost 62 to nothing. Yeah, that was a, a understandable, I think, emotional outburst by Elma, which had uh, been edged out by uh, fourth-ranked Hoquiam, 14-13 to the week before a game. They dearly wanted to win. Elma's been on that quest to reestablish themselves. They used to be a state playoff participant annually, and they want to get back to that level. Lost that game, came into the Beavers game extremely uh, motivated and blew them out and held tonight over just 68 yards in total offense. And I think that, along with the fact that the Beavers have had a ton of injuries, 
means that they won't be looking for their first win this week. They're going to forfeit their game to eighth-ranked Montesano for a lack of healthy players. Montesano in a similar situation to Elma last week. They were upset by Hoquiam, which now moves ahead of them in the polls. And I think Monty would have been another motivated team going up against a Beavers squad that's missing a lot of key players from injury. I tell you what, it's a new thing to have three powerful teams in that league. You know, Montesano has been forever, uh, Elma off and on, but to have Hoquim, you know, come in there and make it three, that's a pretty big deal. So, yeah, no game for Tonino. And we're going to jump to 4A and talk about Olympia. Uh, the Bears are 1-6 and six after a loss at Skyview, 42-7. to seven. Yeah, it's their sixth loss in a row. They opened the season with a uh, 4A SPSL win over Emerald Ridge, but they haven't gotten a victory since. Uh, and this time they didn't score until the clock was already running for the mercy rule in the fourth quarter. Peter Lang caught a six-yard pass from Adam Defoe to give the Bears a touchdown. And Defoe actually had a nice night throwing the ball, 12 of 18 with no interceptions, but it was just for 77 yards, so the Bears couldn't really get up and down the field very well. I see. And uh, tonight... They host 0-7 South Kitsap. Uh, is this an opportunity for them at Ingersoll Stadium? I think so. I think this is a winnable game for the Bears. I mean, Emerald Ridge is a, a much higher in the standings than South Kitsap, and the Bears got a pretty sound victory over them to start the year. I uh, haven't heard too many uh, good things about South Kitsap as the season's unfolded. So definitely a chance for uh, the Bears to possibly get a win at home. And um, a year ago, Olympia won this, this game against South Kitsap 45-13. to the Wolves were shut out last week by Piala, forty-eight to nothing. So definitely a winnable win, a winnable game for the Bears. All right, we will look forward to that, and uh, nice be nice for them to get that victory there tonight if they can help it. Up next, we're going to skip to the three A teams. Uh, we also have an interview coming up later on, and we'll talk more about the Pioneer Bowl. Be sure about that. You're listening to Red Zone Talk on Olympia's KGY. Welcome back to Red Zone Talk, presented by Olympia Orthopedic Associates. Here with Noel and Dave as we move on to the 3A teams in the South Sound Conference. Uh, and now what do we got? We got um, three teams with five and two overall, including Capital Cougars, who suffered their second loss after trading touchdowns early at Timberline, 34-14. to This is where the tailgaters were. Timberline ran back the opening kickoff. Capital answered in a heartbeat and, you know, and then went on to lose this game. Yeah, the Cougars offense kind of went cold in the second half of that game, and that kind of ended their hopes of a 3A South Sound Conference title. There may be some combination of uh, losses by Yelm and Timberline that could put them back into the hunt, but highly unlikely since they lost to both of those two teams. But as you mentioned, still 5-2, and two, which is, I think, as good of a record as um, they would have hoped for at this point in the year. They're in a fourth-place tie with Central Kitsap, who they met last night at Ingersoll Stadium. So we'll see how that one came out. Um, but uh, against Capital, I mean, against Timberline, as you said, they started out trading touchdowns after the unfortunate incident on the opening kickoff in which yeah. the uh, <laughs> Noah Cunningham uh, ran the, the kickoff, the fumble of the kickoff back for Timberline. They just had 138 yards in total offense. But Chris Penner had a nice night for them. He uh, scored both touchdowns, one on an 11-yard run the other on a 16-yard pass from Grant Erickson. So, as I said, uh, tough uh, sequence and losing to Yelm and then Timberline, but um, good season for Capital as opposed to what they were thinking when it started. So. I, I think so. You know, they're at 5-2. and two. They were they finished at 4-6 and six last year, so, yeah. you know, you've made an improvement already. And as you said, they they play uh, yesterday, Central Kitsap, that came in at 5-2. and two. So, 
Uh, if you're listening, you already know how that happened. Timberline, meanwhile, also five and two. Uh, you know that was a wild game with them against Capital. Yeah, it's too bad that uh, Timberline lost that that uh, hair breath game at Peninsula. Otherwise, they would be uh, looking like the the top team in the league. They won that game as we mentioned, thirty four to fourteen. Hunter Campau, their star senior quarterback, continues to do what he does. He ran for one hundred and sixty one yards. Three touchdowns. He threw a touchdown pass to J.J. Graham. And as we mentioned, the other TD coming when sophomore Noah Cunningham got the game off to a big start. There was a fumble by Capital, and he ran it from 15 yards back into the end zone. And Timberline just looks really good. They lost, if people don't remember, they lost the uh, Peninsula game in overtime. And That's right. They were down by a point. They had a chance to tie it. They picked up a personal foul, I think, in the Extra point was going to be out of their kicker's range, so they had to try for a uh, seventeen-yard, you know, two-point conversion, yard, two right. point, two point conversion pass, and it was incomplete. So um, that's as close of a loss as you can get, and that was to the the team that they're tied for first with, along with the Elm. So um, that's too bad good. for them because if if they end up beating Elm, then Peninsula would have the tiebreaker, having beaten Timberline. But nonetheless, they can get a share of the league title with a win over Elm, which. Of course, doesn't want to let that happen. Right. That'll be coming. Uh, tonight, they're going to face North Thurston. Before we talk about that game, let's talk about North Thurston's loss to Central Kitsap. That takes them to 2-5. and five. The score was 46-6. to six. Yeah, and just like the Ole game, they didn't score until the uh, running clock was already in place, which leads me to believe a lot of subs might have been on the field for both teams at that point. But, you know, CK's got a running back by the name of Alex Ruffalong. He's on a quest for the... Uh, Cougars single season rushing record. And he picked up another 196 yards in that game, two touchdowns, and just you know they just have that offense rolling. He was held when they came down here. He was held by Timberline to a mere 136 yards in a game. So he's had, I believe, four or five games of over 200 yards already. Uh, Gary Garcia did score a touchdown for the Rams, eight yard run very late in the game. All right, so that'll be uh, that. That sets up tonight's game. Then North Thurston and Timberline. And uh, I think you got to kind of lean towards North Thurston. Well, no, I would lean towards Timberline. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, yes, However, I'm sorry. Leaning towards Timberline. You're nonetheless, exactly right. nonetheless, by leaving the door open for a Thurston victory, this is that classic trap game type scenario where you've got this huge game the following week. You just come off knocking Capital out of the race, basically, and then you get yes. Yelm next week on the final week for you know what remains of the marbles. I don't know if it's all the marbles, but a lot of the marbles. And then you've got an arch rival sitting there waiting with nothing to, nothing to gain in their season, but maybe we can knock off our hated rivals to keep them from winning a championship. So Timberline definitely needs to be on their uh, on their toes in that one. I'm pretty sure they will be. They've got a, you know, pretty intense head coach in Nick Mullen. They're not going to come in there thinking it's an easy one, but nonetheless, they got to guard a little bit against that uh, complacency and that trap game mentality. Yes. And you said uh, you know, couple of couple of uh, weeks out here's Yelm coming at him. Uh, Yelm five and two now. Did they get a surprise win? I'm. I don't think they got a surprise win. I think they got a surprise uh, scoring margin. I don't think anyone expected them to just roll over Peninsula. They beat them forty-two to twenty-one, and you know that's got to make them feel good. I just talked about how tight the game was between Peninsula and Timberline, so that's got to make Yelm feel like, hey, we dusted these guys off, and Timberline basically had a tie with them. So that makes us look pretty good going into that huge game next week against Timberline. Um, just to clarify, once again, the Tornadoes and the Seahawks and the Blazers are all tied for first right now at four and one. Obviously, whoever loses the Timberline Yellum game is not going to be 
in in the running anymore after next week. Right. If Peninsula wins their game, then whoever wins the Timberline Yelm game will be tied with them for first. If that turns out to be Yelm, they would have the tiebreaker in the head-to-head competition, and they would get that top seed coming out of there. Uh, Timberline would get a share of the title if they they won the game against Yelm, but would not have the top seed coming out into the playoffs. Okay. And Yelm, uh, who sits at 5-2, and two, they're going to likely equal last year's win record this week uh, as they play at Shelton. Yeah, they do. And I probably should throw a few names in here from that win, though, last week, the big win that they did get. And then I'll give a little bit of information on the Shelton game. They got three rushing touchdowns that game from Carson Ament. And Yelm's been known this year as more of a passing team, but Carson rushed for 154 yards, 27 carries, just grinding it out. Kyle Robinson, their all-area quarterback, he completed 55% of his passes, 188 yards. He also rushed for two touchdowns, found Austin also for a TD pass to round out the scoring, and also caught seven passes for 123 yards in that game. Cody Gifford, four for 68 yards. So some of the highlights of a game in which they did so well offensively, which they may have not seen going in. But as you mentioned, a little bit lighter challenge tonight as – the Tornadoes go out to Shelton. They'll play the High Climbers on homecoming and senior night out there. Uh, last week, Shelton did, and we'll talk about this in a minute, they managed to get on the scoreboard first time in league play, Yeah, losing 50-14 to to Gig Harbor. But a year ago, Yelm won this game 56-14, so not as quite a big of a trap game for them as the Thurston game could be for Timberlines. Thurston's got quite a few good athletes that might turn in some big play performances and pull an upset. Shelton's still trying to get to that point, so um, – Nice for, uh, nice break for Yelm before they have to get back in and uh, sure. battle Timberline. But it is nice to see, you know, Shelton did score some points. Perhaps they can get some points on uh, Yelm. Perhaps they can, you know, start to feel like things are looking up a little bit. Well, I think they are. They, uh, you know, you grind away all season long. You hope to get some kind of a breakthrough. This is their first points they've actually scored since September 7th. First they've scored in a league game all year. Ivory Alexander rushed for one of the touchdowns and uh, – Anthony Bourne ran back a punt for the others. So um, nice little nice little uh, tidbit. They got beat uh, soundly, but nonetheless, to be able to get into the end zone twice when you haven't previously is a good sign for the high climbers. Yep, that's gonna that's got to brighten it up quite a bit for them, I would think. So time for our next break. Uh, when we come back, we'll begin our look at the area's 2A teams. Later, we've got David's, er, Dave's chat with uh, Ethan Loveless, the Black Hills QB. This is RZT on KGY. Welcome back to Red Zone Talk on KGY. I'm Noel with Dave. Thanks to Olympia Orthopedic Associates and Rapid Orthopedic for being our presenting sponsors for this. We're moving on to the 2A teams in South Puget Sound League, the River Ridge Hawks. They are 4-3 and three and uh, got a win over Clover Park in a high-scoring game, 56-21. to 21. Yeah, and it's it's only fitting that River Ridge have a winning record. I hope they finish with that for the year because their losses have all been uh, either to really good teams or very close. So tough season for them so far. Good to see them get back over the 500 mark. Their third offensive outburst of at least 49 points in the last four weeks. So they've, uh, except for their game with Eatonville, which is uh, was a close game to a team that's um, in second place right now, and they're tied. Ridge is tied for third behind them, a game behind. Edenville, which lost a last week's showdown for first with the third-ranked team in the state, Stelicum. In the game against Clover Park, though, senior running back Kieran Hunkin rushed for four touchdowns for the Hawks. He had 112 yards on 17 carries. 
Tomasi Manu returned not one but two punts, one of them from 68 yards, the other from 32 for scores. And he also threw a 20-yard touchdown pass to Max Ader. And Brian Malloy accounted for the only, the other Riverage score on a 25-yard run in the fourth quarter. So a lot of variety of offense there from the Hawks. It sounds like it there. If I heard right, there was like a halfback pass somewhere in there? Uh, Tomasi Manu, he'll line up um, uh, under center sometimes. I don't oh, know. Oh, he will? Yeah, okay. He, once in a while he'll do that. Um, Javon Brown did not have a huge night for them um, this time, who usually does uh, most of their quarterbacking. But Manu will come up there and uh, take the snap directly from center. And not even, you know, you see that wildcat formation where yeah. the halfback is back from the line of scrimmage. Right. But he won't do that. He'll come right up under center and take it and uh, usually carry it himself there. But obviously they got a few wrinkles in there, and he uh, found Max for a TD in this one. All right. And uh, River Ridge will head to Ording to take on three and four team. I don't know who they're uh, – Who's their mascot? That's the Cardinals. The Cardinals, okay. And that will break a tie for third place that I mentioned that Riverage is in. And the Cardinals played a non-league uh, game last week, and they got uh, thumped by Lakewood. Um, but the week before, they uh, routed Clover Park, similarly to Ridge. So two similar teams. Last season, though, uh, the Hawks easily won the game in Lacey 34-7. to So naturally, Riverage fans are hoping that repeats itself. Yes, yes, certainly. So moving on to 2A Evco, where we're set up for a really special Pioneer Bowl that we'll be talking to, talking about a little bit later on. First of all, Rochester Warriors, they're 1-6. They lost to Centralia, 55-21. Uh, to 21. They did, and uh, that's that was a sad one for them in, in comparison to the previous year because last year they lost to the Tigers only after Centralia scored a very late touchdown to make it uh, – I believe it was 42 to 35. I remember that. So that was, that was a yeah. Very good game by Rochester. Uh, but nonetheless, the 21 points they scored in this game was the most they'd scored since an opening night 53 20 route of Tonino. And Enrique Sanchez Hope, who would finish the night with 96 yards on 11 carries, he scored Rochester's first touchdown with a big play breaking away from 63 yards out. Grayson Johnson, similarly, he compiled most of his 66 rushing yards on one 44 yard touchdown run. And quarterback Daniel May finished the scoring with a four-yard run in the fourth quarter. So they really racked up some points in there. They did. You know, comparatively speaking, they've had a, a tough season most of the way after that big win over Tonino. And uh, those are some good players, though. When you talk about Enrique Sanchez, he had a much bigger role carrying the ball last year. This year he's been more of a defensive player. He's also their place kicker. So it's good to see him uh, almost get to 100 yards in this one. And the Rochester's hey, uh, Warriors head to... Aberdeen, Aberdeen, the Bobcats are one and six. Uh, both teams must be looking at some opportunity tonight. Yeah, it's a winnable game for either one. Uh, Bobcats were blasted last week at home, 53-14, to 14, by one of the teams we'll be talking about after the next break, seventh-ranked Black Hills. Um, but last year, uh, over there at Stewart Field, Aberdeen downed Rochester 56-14. to 14. So we'll see what happens this time around. All right, we will indeed. And when we come back... It's going to be all about the Pioneer Bowl, the Battle of Unbeatens this year. That is going to be a lot of fun. You are listening to Red Zone Talk on Olympia's KGY. Welcome back once again to Red Zone Talk, presented by Olympia Orthopedic and Rapid Orthopedic. We're going to finish up our look at high school football teams in tonight's Battle of the Unbeatens. Uh, Black Hills and Tumwater will play tonight. Black Hills is 7 and 0. They had an easy time at 1 and 5 Aberdeen winning 53 to 14. Yeah, and they were moving the ball on the ground. They rushed for over 300 yards. They scored 40 of their points in the second half. It was 13 nothing at halftime. 
And the Wolves' offense now averaging nearly 41 points per game. They're ranked 7th in the state. Um, and as you mentioned, they're 7-0, and just like Tumwater, 3-0, and just like Tumwater. This actually happened uh, two years ago, or not two years ago, three years ago, 2015, when uh, they both came in, exact same situation, second to last game of the year. But uh, the T-Birds hammered uh, Black Hills pretty good in that one, 42-14. to So naturally enough, uh, the Wolves are hoping for a different outcome than that. Uh, I imagine they probably are because you're expecting, though, too, that Tumwater's going to come. They expect to win. They've they put their work in, and, and they expect to win. Black Hills by now, I think, also expects to win. Yeah, they do. I think both teams are, you know, this is one of those things where even though people say, well, Tumwater's usually been the, the better team in town. They're 16-3 and in this series, et cetera, et cetera. You got to remember, these are same these are kids that have grown up playing in Thurston County youth football and things like that since they were, you know, second or third grade. So it's a it's not a three or four year rivalry. It's a, a lifelong rivalry to this point for a lot of them. Yeah. And nobody's gonna say when they're seven and oh, they're not gonna go, well, yeah, we're seven and oh, but we're not as good as the other seven and team. They both think they're the big team in town right now. I had a conversation yesterday with a guy named Joe Deck, and uh, he's talking about the Pioneer Bowl. He played for Tumwater, he was part of that program. Just like so many, you know, people are, you know, or were around. Oh, yeah, it's it's a big deal, and after we get through talking about the teams, I guess we can spend a little bit of time talking about some of the history and the, the wins that uh, Black Hills does have. Yeah, let's series. get to your interview with uh, Ethan. Okay, yeah, he's a very sharp kid. He plays quarterback uh, most of the time. He plays a little bit of free safety on defense, and uh, as I mentioned in the interview last year, he was injured for this game, so very big deal for him. He sounded, he sounded very pumped. Here's that interview. So we're with Ethan Loveless at uh, Black Hills High School, and Ethan, this is the week of the Pioneer Bowl. Even when it's not for the championship, how big is this game to the kids on your team? Oh, this game is the biggest to the kids on our team. Uh, obviously, like rolling up, this is actually for a league championship this week, so that's a big deal to us. But just any any way we can beat the kids from Tumwater, any way we can, just the rivalry that we've developed is something that I can't match anything with. It's awesome, and I feel like our guys are ready. So you played these guys ever since you were little kids, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. So. And last season you were injured, didn't get to play in the game. So how important is it, or not how important, but how much fun is it for you, your senior year, for it to be for the championship and you're actually going to be out there? Oh, it's the best, you know. I have the best group of senior friends on our team. We have the best group of guys, so I just can't wait to compete with them. And were you already following uh, Black Hills football last time they won back in 09? Uh, not really, no, but I see the banner in Coach's room, so I'm ready to put another one up there. Heard a little bit about it, though? About yes, the team, a little bit. Yeah, so then this weekend, I mean, you play – you play both offense and defense, so how do you look at what's the toughest thing for you as a quarterback to go against their defense? Uh, they're just very fast. Um, they're very fast, but we got athletes too to match them, and I believe if we do our jobs, we can handle them. We can handle anyone. And, and what about on uh, defense? What, what do you have to do to, to go up against that uh, deceptive offense that they run? Uh, yeah, their offense is very fast also. They have great guys up front, and so what we need to do is we just have we have specific jobs for everybody, and if everyone does their job like I know they can, then we'll be just fine, and we'll right. make tackles and stuff like that. So, All right, very good. Good luck in the game and the rest of the season. All right, thank you very much. Thank sir. you. He sounds like he's got some confidence about tonight's game. Yeah, he's really upbeat. I've talked to him a few times. It's probably as, uh, as uh, hyper as his voice has ever been when I've talked to him. So, uh, yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big day, big day for them, big day for Tumwater, and uh, – We'll see what happens. And they face the T-Birds, who uh, are coming off a uh, 28-7 win over WF West. Yeah, and there was some uh, really good sign in that, that they had four different running backs score touchdowns in that game on the ground. They rolled up 405 yards of rushing offense. Uh, Dylan Loftus, who we talked to last week, he led the way with 163 yards. 
Turner Allen, who unfortunately may be questionable this week, he's got a sprained ankle. He had 108 yards, and uh, Hunter Baker had 86 yards, all of them on 13 carries. Uh, the problem for Tumwater is, and we didn't know this last week, but Dylan Payne, their all-time leading rusher, is uh, out for the season. He tore his ACL against um, Rochester in the game down there three weeks ago. So he is not going to be in this game or any other for them all the way through the playoffs. Untouched by any tacklers, according to Bill Beatty. He just caught his cleats in the grass, and that was that. Oh, so my. He's out. Now, they do have a next man up type scenario. Uh, Rico Spegner, who's a transfer from Timberline, who actually started his varsity career at Tumwater two years ago before backing up Michael Barnes up at Tim- Timberline last year. He'll be available tonight for the first time. So, you know, the hits just keep on coming for Tumwater out of that wing T offense. Yeah, well, as you said, next man up. They've got a lot of guys on the sidelines. They do, and if you want to go to your uh, morning Olympian today, you will see an article by me detailing just that, how deep they are on the uh, on the uh, running back position and how um, Dylan Loftus and Zane Murphy are renewing a longtime friendship this year on the football field that they had interrupted when uh, Dylan Loftus moved to Minnesota right. for eight years. So I think it's an interesting story, so – might be worth reading. Another Great, take a look at it. Yeah, another thing worth talking about is, um, you know, everybody talks about the, the wing T and this running back and that running back. And back in the day, the quarterback, Otten, that went on to play at USC and so forth. But this season, in the three league games, the T-Birds have only allowed 10 points. So their defense has been uh, stellar this stellar, year. Stellar, yes. And I remember last year when they made it to the state title game, their semifinal was a stunning upset over Archbishop Murphy in which they only allowed – six points to Murphy in that one. So Tim, Tim, uh, Tumwater's defense a little bit underrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you said you have some little history and stuff. Yeah, we can go. We can uh, talk a little bit about that. Tumwater, as I think I mentioned a minute ago, they hold a 16-3 to lead in the all-time series. And last year they kind of rolled 45-7. to But as I mentioned, Ethan Loveless, who we just heard from on the interview, he didn't play in that game. He was injured um, and was out the last few games for them. Last time that the Wolves won was 19-7 to in 2009, and they had one of the best players probably ever to don the pads in this area, and that was uh, Cody Peterson, who was a running back and a linebacker. He went on to the Naval Academy. Not only did he start a linebacker for them, but he was a co-captain of that team at Navy, which you can imagine, I mean, the whole Naval Academy is about leadership, and he was selected by his teammates. That's a pretty amazing story. So, yeah. So one of the all-time greats that came out of here, they they won that game 19-7. to um, That's the last year that the T-Birds lost any EBCO games. They lost to the Wolves. They also lost to WF West, but they haven't lost one since. So that's a good long span that they've been undefeated in the league. Um, the only other two wins that Black Hills had in the series were in 2003 and 2004 when Jack Zillow was the coach. Um, he's now a very highly regarded assistant up at River Ridge. Steve Schultz jumped on the opportunity to have uh, Jack Zilla help him out when he could, and so he's still active in the area. But, you know, that came very early in uh, Black Hills' existence. They only played the first game of the series in 97, so I'm sure when Black Hills got back-to-back wins in 03 and 04, people were probably thinking, okay, you know, it's leveled out, you know, now that this school's got the full strength as a as an institution. You would think that way, yeah. kind of, yeah. Yeah, only to see that it took a while for any more victories to come out of that. Um, and interestingly enough, back at that time, if you remember, both those schools were 3A and they were in what was called the Pacific Nine League. So that's right. a little bit different scenario uh, for both those schools at that time. I'm not sure they were any bigger. I think a lot, the, a lot of what happens with Tumwater, they're one of the biggest 2A schools 
but the opt-ups to the higher classifications will push them back down into 2A. Oh, yeah. So I'm not sure they, you know, wouldn't mind if they were back in 3A, but it just hasn't worked out that way since those days. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. Great big game tonight. Uh, Tumwater Stadium, tailgaters will be there, and uh, that's going to be something else. It will. Don't miss it. It's going to be great weather. First time I'll be at the same place you guys will be with the tailgaters. I'll be out All there right. covering that game. Say hello. First time I definitely will. <laughs> College ball. Cougars had a bye. Uh, they're going to host Oregon, who had a nip and tuck win over the Huskies. Yeah, I think the Ducks are the Ducks are back somehow. You know, it was uh, they had a couple of seasons there where they didn't look too good, and now they're back in the top uh, twenty, and um, they're going to give uh, the Cougars all they can handle in that one. Yeah, I think so. Huskies, as we said, fell at Oregon, thirty to twenty-seven. Kind of a heartbreaking loss there. Uh, they'll host Colorado Buffaloes. Buffalo's having a pretty good season, but I can't see him coming into Seattle and beating uh, beating the Huskies, especially with the Huskies coming off that motivating, uh, difficult loss. To, I think that will be a motivator. Uh, it's going to be a motivator. It's kind of over for him, though. Yeah, it is. But the higher you get in the the higher you get in the levels, the less that motivation stuff means. More in college, less in college and in high school, less in the pros in college. But nonetheless, um, nobody's going to be taking the week off at Montlake and. Uh, be a tough battle for the Buffaloes coming I in. think that's exactly right. Seahawks in London tackled Marshawn Lynch and the Raiders 27-3. to Yeah, the Raiders, you know, they've, they've basically, I saw an article uh, on the line yesterday, they've basically given up. They're trying to trade all their stars for whatever they can get. It seems like. It's a fire sale. Yeah, they're sort of trying to, not really caring what they it's do. A, the, it's a moving sale. It's, it's, a moving, it is. it's a moving sale. They don't want to leave Oakland on a high note. They'd, they'd almost prefer not to win now because then people would be, how dare you leave after you won the Super Bowl in front of your loyal fans? Sure. So they're just kind of packing it in. And uh, nonetheless, you don't forget the Seahawks were also coming off a very good battle against the Rams, which is one of the best teams in the league. So you can't uh, can't just say the Raiders weren't trying. you gotta, you got to acknowledge that the Seahawks did a good job over there in London. And they are rewarded with a bye this week. So some time off, get some people healthy, and that kind of stuff. So that'll be good. Yes, well, there we kind of have it. Covered a dozen local programs. Uh, and uh, there are 148 high school football games tonight. There are six more tomorrow. The weather is going to be fantastic. So if you want to go to a game tomorrow, I am recommending the game featuring Wishkaw Valley at Mary M. Knight. These teams play the eight-man game that is wide open, and it's exciting. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff in Matlock, and it's homecoming for the Owls. Well, I saw the game last year. I saw the uh, covered the... Uh state title game in eight man for Eli sports network. And it was the record setting game ever. I think it was 81 to 64. My goodness. Yes. I've covered, I've covered yeah. two and they were amazing. Yeah, a lot of, a lot Both of them featured Wisco. Yeah. Uh, red zone talk tailgaters, Maddie and Lilas will be at the Tumwater stadium for pioneer bowl. Stop by play our toss game. You could win your way into the, my morbid mind haunted barn and Lacey. It is a top five haunt in Washington state. That according to the Tacoma news tribune. So you might want to, do that. I got some advice for you. I'll talk more about this in a week or two, but get out your voter guide. It came this week. Read it. And it may seem like, you know, not that much fun. It's great bathroom reading. I put mine by the toilet. You'll get through it. Thanks for again to Olympia Orthopedic and Rapid Orthopedic uh, for sponsoring our show and to all our other wonderful sponsors as well. Thank you for joining us this morning. Find the podcast on KGYFM.com. Email us, rzt at kgyfm.com, and let us know what you want to hear about. Join us next Friday at 8.30 for Red Zone Talk. Thank you, Dave. Thanks a lot for having me here. We'll be right here on 95.3 Olympia's very own KGY.